Turn back to some of the more serious news, uh, bringing our ABC News contributor, newest contributor, Tom Bossard, former member of the Trump administration, who is joining us from Singapore. Tom, uh, thank you so much for being here. I had never knew that uh, Kim Jong-un had such good English. Um, but uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about this uh, yeah, communique. Well, uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I think we're all learning a lot about him. I, I think it's no surprise he can speak English, but uh, we weren't sure if he'd do it. All right. Uh, and I know that uh, if you were still in the administration, I know you'd probably be in that room right now. Um, and I certainly were part of some of the conversations in the lead up to, uh, to, the, to, to this moment. I uh, want, want to talk to you about um, the communique, the document that both men are, are expected to sign today. Um, the president has talked about this being uh, being a success already. He is very optimistic about coming to some sort of agreement with North Korea. What will you look for in the document that both uh, countries signed today to determine if that's the case? Yeah, there's a lot of things to look for, but I think the first is whether the word denuclearize is in that document. I think that'll be the first key. And from there, the questions about how they may or may not define that term and whether they include other regional partner concerns. Those are my three big questions as I look at that communique today to determine whether we've had a success or a failure. Uh, I don't think it'll be a massive failure if we don't see that word, but that will indicate that the president got what he came for. I'd also look for a few other things like whether biological and chemical weapons end up in that communique in any regard. That's something that the United States went in hoping to get. And I'd look lastly for some indication of this big strategic decision that we're seeking. We're not looking for an overnight success. We're looking for a key decision to stop the nuclear program and never look back. And Tom, what does President Trump bring to the table uh, for Kim Jong-un? You know, we've heard him talk a little bit about economic investment. We've heard him talk a little bit about security assurances. Um, but the other thing that I was struck by was his flexibility or apparent flexibility on some sort of a phased denuclearization process. Um, give, give us your assessment of what the president could be bringing here and whether we are likely to see a phased versus more immediate uh, drawdown if they can come to an agreement. Yeah, so I don't think you're going to see phased. I think that's the wrong way to look at it. In fact, if you look at phases, what we don't want to do is put the benefits to the North Koreans ahead of the benefits to the free world. What we want is denuclearizing before they accrue any benefits. Otherwise, you end up with a JCPOA Iran nuclear deal in its, in its contours. And that's not what the president or really the world is seeking. Now, he comes with two things, a carrot and a stick. The president brings the entire world behind him as a coalition brought leader Kim to the table, putting pressure on him. But he also brings the, uh, as you said, this, this kind of will reward you if you make the right decision mentality. But remember, he's going to reward him only after the benefits accrue. And so there's an incentive program here, if you will. And, and do you think, Tom, the president, uh, you know, the, we, we focus so much about whether the president can trust North Korea. Uh, but we've also heard some of the president's critics talk about uh, his uh, scrapping of the Iran nuclear deal, uh, what happened at the G7, the walking out of the communique that the administration had brokered. Do you think there's any risk of, uh, of the president sort of, uh, you know, uh, being unable to be trusted by the North Koreans? Has he sort of compromised some of that with, with these other moves? Yeah, I would really caution against any comparative analysis between the completely different orange of the, of the G7 
uh, communique and the apple of this uh, denuclearized summit, uh, or, or, or really a nuclear arms summit. This president's leading this one. He's going into it with expectations that he'll have to build trust, and he understands the contours of the argument, and he understands that there's some degree of legitimacy to the other point of view. He understands the North Koreans are worried about their security, both Kim Jong-un's personal security, but also that of their nation. Going into the G7 summit, uh, there, are some, there are some significant, and in some cases, structural uh, differences between our trade philosophies. And that was known going in, known coming out, and he disagreed ultimately over uh, a, a little bit of a lesser consequential gripe with one, of our, with one of our partners. This is a much bigger issue. This president's prepared for it, and he has nothing to gain from any sort of unreasonable walking away. But he also has no reason to show weakness at this point. I've heard a number of people say that this president's only here because Kim Jong-un has a nuclear weapon. He's had a nuclear weapon for some time, and I know he's made some significant strides in the past year and a half, but he's here because he's led Kim Jong-un to a position of, of, of really, I think, the weaker of the two parties. And by the way, the stronger of the two parties, the United States of America moving first to break this 68-year-old stalemate is a really, really significant development. Yeah, no question President Trump has lodged a pretty significant foreign policy uh, win here with just the fact that this has happened and they've shaken hands. Absolutely no question about that. Uh, on a lighter note, want to end with you, Tom, uh, on another figure who perhaps could claim or has tried to claim some credit for bringing these men together. This is Dennis Rodman, uh, a man that President Trump has uh, described as a great rebounder. Uh, we know that uh, Sarah Sanders has uh, reached out to him in recent days. Um, you know, it's, it's people sort of snicker at Dennis Rodman here. He's met Kim Jong-un, traveled to that country several times. You've, you've followed that. Um, but give us your sense of what role he's played in sort of the lead up to this moment. Maybe not this immediate summit, but just over the past few years, he's sort of been uh, an unofficial American emissary, if you will. Well, yeah, look, you take the help anywhere you can get it, and Dennis Rodman uh, is always said to have made uh, Michael Jordan look good. And I think in this particular case, he was a, a great player on the team, and he seems to have brought some goodwill to start the process of building trust to the United States and, and uh, for President Trump to embrace that. Uh, good on President Trump and good on Dennis Rodman. All right, and we'll see if Dennis Rodman shows up for a photo with those two leaders. Tom Bossert, our newest ABC News contributor, we thank you so much for your analysis uh, and for being here, Tom. Thank you. Hi, everyone. George Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC News YouTube channel. If you'd like to get more videos, show highlights, and watch live event coverage, click on the right over here to subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to download the ABC News app for breaking news alerts. Thanks for watching.